0: You know, imagine if you went to the gas station and you filled your car up with gas and you got in your car and your car was like, yo, dog, like, I know you need to get to work, but I got a nap. I got, I'm sorry. You know, that, that 76 gas, whoo, that, I mean, the shit was good. I mean, the gas was, it was legit, dog, but I, I got to really just, I'm a chill for about 10. Take 100 for the Kellen Rowland Show, episode 7. Welcome back and thank you for joining. I've sat down and recorded this episode a few times and am not really liking what I'm hearing. So, I'm going to attempt to do the whole show in one take. And here it goes. Today we're going to talk about the Lakers coffee and why I decided to start wearing all white and the learning that came from the clothing decision that at the time I had no idea would happen. So I'm really into the Los Angeles Lakers. I was born in Van Nuys Hospital. I grew up watching the Lakers with my dad and all of my uncles and aunts and our whole family was really into the Lakers and all of my friends were in high school. The Lakers have sucked over the past few years and now they look like they're going to get their shit together. So over the weekend or last week they traded two of their young players for Isaiah Thomas and Channing Frye, which these guys are legit. I mean Isaiah Thomas is almost a you know, he was in the MVP conversation a few last year. Channing Frye is a solid veteran. Is the move going to get them a championship this year? No. Is the move going to get them in the playoffs? Eh, There's a stretch. I mean, if they went on an incredible run the back half of the season, maybe they could sneak into the eighth seed. But the important takeaway is they're making the moves and they're setting the strategy for future success. And like the Lakers, we all have to set ourselves up for success and that happens in the immediate moment. So everything that you do now is either going to build towards your future success or it's going to be a reason that you do not achieve your future success. So even in sports, there's tons of takeaways that we could all kind of pull from. If you're On my social media, if you follow me on Instagram, you know that I make coffee every morning and I'm absolutely obsessed. I'm currently still obsessed with Black Oak Coffee Roasters. Absolutely incredible. They're in Ukiah, California. I highly recommend going onto their website, ordering some of their coffee. They have a Ethiopia... I'm going to really butcher the name, but it's Coot natural. So that's C-H-E-L-E-L-E-K-T-U, and that's an Ethiopian. The flavor notes are strawberry and blueberry. I kid you not, it's incredible. I'm literally drinking my third bag of it already. I cannot get enough of this coffee. So Black Oak Coffee Roasters, I think I shouted them out in the last podcast, but nothing has knocked them off yet. I do have some coffee coming in from the Port of Mocha, which is getting a ton of hype online with all my coffee people that I follow. So as soon as that comes in, I'll let you know what I think of it. I would love to hear some coffee suggestions. Uh, last night, in the past couple of days, I've had two people suggest a coffee roaster, Say, so S E Y. I'm going to put in an order with them today. I'll let you know how that is as well. And uh, excuse me while I take a drink of my coffee. Oh, man, I love coffee. I hope that you're having a coffee while you're drinking this. You're making a coffee. You just had a coffee or you're on a way to get a coffee. Or maybe now you are thinking, oh, shoot, I should get some coffee. Oh, coffee is life. Coffee is so fucking delicious. It really is. I love coffee so much. And it's not just the like, oh, I drink coffee because it gives me this energy boost. I mean, yeah, the energy thing is great, but it's just like the taste of it, the process, finding the coffee, grinding the beans, making the coffee, boiling the water, measuring it out. It's like this beautiful ceremony that I get to do every single day that brings me such immense happiness and joy. You should find something in your life that is relatively inexpensive or free, that is easily accessible that you can do every day. I mean, that's incredible, right? If you could find something like that, boom, life is automatically better. So as of late, about three weeks ago, I started to wear all white. Now, the majority of my life, and I'm almost all of it, but we'll say at least the last eight or nine years, I've worn all black all day. So I have a reputation and an image that I have projected and that people have become used to. Oh, that's Kellen, he wears all black, which is cool. But whenever you make a drastic change, there's consequences or repercussions that you think will happen, and then there's some things that you weren't thinking would happen or you weren't anticipating. So it's really interesting. You know, I wore all black, and I didn't really think anything of it. I know that it's a little bit of an intimidating color, but overall, I mean, I think I'm a pretty friendly person, and on you know, generally people are friendly to me, there's also like the kind of part about wearing all black is kind of like, it's synonymous with funerals. It's, it's a color that you wear when you're mourning, you know, so I don't know if there's like this tinge that you can, that you can, that I was susceptible to of maybe being like a little bit sad or depressed, but interestingly enough, when I started to wear all white, I did feel kind of like a little bit like a li- lighter you know a little bit more bright in my in my step and kind of how i felt now i don't think that if you're sad and you wear all white you're going to automatically be cured this is just what i was you know this is my experience so i was wearing all black my whole life and i started to wear all white and this is kind of why i wanted to wear all white And then what had happened after I started to wear all white that I didn't realize before I made the decision. So in December, I started doing TM or Transcendental Meditation. And through that, you learn, you know, a mantra and you go through these classes. And there's the Maharishi, which is like the yogi who brought Transcendental Meditation to the masses and made it, you know, he was the main reason it got really popular in America, and then obviously then there was David Lynch, who's basically like the face of transcendental meditation at the current moment in time, and then his partner, Bob Roth. If you're interested in transcendental meditation or you don't know what it is and you're hearing about it for the first time, TM.org. It's a great resource. Everything you need to know, you can learn it from there. Don't go online and try to learn it on YouTube. Like if you're serious about it, go to like a course and meet an instructor. So I started doing TM in December, and right now, you know, it's been great for me. I feel amazing, I do it twice a day, so I'm meditating 40 40 minutes a day, 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes at night. So I noticed that the Maharishi was always wearing white, and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool, he wears white. And then he kind of started to talk about enlightenment and being happy, and, you know, being happy all the time. I'm not sure that I believe that a person... Could be happy 24-7. However, being happy more than you are right now would be a win, or being happy like all the time. So that's one little instance there. Secondary, I started to get really into the Beatles. And through my process of learning about the Beatles, a couple things happened. First and foremost, if you like the Beatles, you hate the Beatles, you love the Beatles, or you've never heard of the Beatles. The last one I find might be very hard considering how big they are, but you kind of get to this point where you start to realize when you start to look into the Beatles that you're like, their music is everywhere. It's crazy in so many music soundtracks, music intros. They're just caught. Their volume of work is it's hard to, I don't think it's even possible to avoid the Beatles. Like I imagine every person has heard a Beatles song or a John Lennon song. Paul McCartney, George Harrison, Ringo Starr, et cetera. But when I was watching and learning the Beatles, I was watching a couple of documentaries and I kind of started to identify with like John Lennon and he was wearing all white too. So two unconnected but connected instances. So I started doing TM, then I was looking at the Beatles and then I figured that the Beatles, and I learned that the Beatles were really into TM and they actually went over and visited Maharishi and like they learned TM, and that was in the similar time frame as their music had taken like a pretty drastic turn towards being much more. Ex- well, it's always, it was always experimental, but you could really see the influence of like, you know, transcendental meditation and then experimenting with psychedelic drugs. And you know, they kind of, you could see their consciousness expanding. So, I just kind of got the idea. It was 2018. I was like, you know, I kind of need a reset. You know, I don't need a New Year's resolution. I'm not going to try to, you know, I don't know, something. I don't identify with New Year's resolutions. But for some reason, I thought, wow, you know, what if I started to wear all white? That would be pretty interesting because I'm so used to wearing all black and I've been wearing all black my whole life. And immediately I started like self-criticizing you know, really thinking in my head, like, oh no, I can't do that. You know, people are gonna, you know, I'm gonna get, I don't know what I thought, but I had this idea in my head that if I changed my perception of what people thought of me, well, then I wouldn't be living up to that per- that perception and that would be somehow negative. So I thought about it and I said, you know, I'm gonna give it a try. I'm gonna start wearing all white. And the decision to wear all white can be considered pretty innocuous. It's really just the color of clothing that you're wearing. So I want to just kind of get this out early. Whatever you wear, if you wear one color, if you wear all different types of colors, however you choose to dress, has nothing to do with who you are or how you are as a person. It's what's inside that counts. I'm merely telling you my experience when I went from wearing all black to all white. So I start wearing all white and immediately there's kind of like two things that start to happen. One is the obvious, which people make a joke or they kind of, they want to make fun of you or they kind of critique you or, you know, you get a lot of the same joke over and over again, which I'm fairly certain you already know what I'm going to say. But people ask you if you're going to Diddy's all white party. And in my head, I'm always thinking like, oh yeah, right now, I'm literally on my way there. You should roll with me. But I never really say it because I figure I should just be nice and like smile and go, oh no, you know, I'm not going, the party's next week. So people say that and then people just ask you, you know, like, oh, whoa, you're wearing all white. Like, why are you doing that? But then I started to notice that people were kind of a little bit more friendly to me. And they're like, oh, you're like floating. You have like all this energy and, you know, this positivity and this light. I was like, "Wow, this is I could vibe with that. Like, I'm down. I want I want that type of energy around me." Coffee drink pause. Mmm, this coffee is so bomb. So I start wearing all white, and yeah, this like it's positivity. I like the energy. And the learning really came. When, how, when I realized how easy I was able to switch a habit and a routine that was engraved in me. You know, there is many moments in my life or times where if you said, hey, Kellen, you're going to stop wearing all black and start wearing all white tomorrow. In my mind, I would have thought that that was impossible because I was so married to the idea or the habit or the routine So after a couple days, I just stopped even thinking about the fact that I was wearing all white. It just became normal and it became so easy to do. Then it started to make me think, what else could people or what else could I change about my everyday life? What else could I do that could put me in a better position to meet? and achieve my goals, my personal goals. So with this kind of like new new newfound power, I thought, well, I was able to switch, you know, the color of clothing I wear pretty easily. What else could I switch that I kind of know deep down isn't a good habit, but I just didn't think I had the willpower, the control to switch it. So I'm, I love food. I love to eat. If there's two buckets of people, the people that they eat to live, they just, they need to eat in order to continue living. They don't really care much about food. That's one bucket of people. Then there's another bucket of people that live to eat. And then there's another bucket of people that are just absolutely obsessed with food. I'm in the bucket of the obsessed with food. And a part of that obsession is like trying new restaurants, wanting to experience and just being very focused on everything you eat, wanting every meal to be the best. But one of those other things for me was eating large quantities of food. Like I was the kid when we were younger that I would like eat like a 44 ounce steak. A 44 ounce steak just to get it for free from the steakhouse. At the time, it seemed like a good decision. In hindsight, it's absolutely, just seems utterly disgusting. So I kind of would always be known as someone with a big appetite that could eat a lot. And right now, currently, I don't even eat meat. I just eat eat fish and, and vegetables and I really avoid dairy. So I guess I'm a pescatarian. So I used to have this like persona. And when I say used to, I mean up until what I'm about to tell you was just like, always eating a lot, like had a huge appetite and had of prided myself on eating so much. I mean, I used to have a website called the gluttony, which is all about excess. But the thing about eating a lot is you feel horrible after you feel lethargic, you feel tired, you generally have to burp, you have to fart. It's just like gross, you know, like you basically eat yourself into a food coma, which doesn't really make any sense. Cause if, if food is nutrition and carbohydrates, and proteins that is essentially the fuel for our body, after we eat, we should actually feel energized, and we should feel energized. You shouldn't feel really tired after you eat, but I had this really bad habit of overeating. You know, imagine if you went to the gas station, and you filled your car up with gas, and you got in your car, and your car was like, yo, dog, like, I know you need to get to work, but I got a nap, I got, I'm sorry, you know, that, that 76 gas, whoo, that, I mean, the shit was good. I mean, the gas was, it was legit dog, but I, I got to really just, I'm going to chill for about 10 and then I'll take you to work. (laughs) I mean, yeah, that would be insane. Right. But essentially we put our gas, which is our food inside of us. And then all of a sudden we can't do anything because we feel so lethargic. So with like, you know, this kind of, you know, I'm really trying to take advantage of an increased consciousness and being really aware of my actions and my intentions and with this new confidence of just like, oh, I changed the color of clothes I wore every day. What else could I change? I just decided like three or four weeks ago that or right around two weeks ago, I think, maybe three, two and a half, I wasn't gonna overeat anymore. And and that was like a simple Decision that had been so hard for me to make. So like, for instance, when I go to Izakaya, which is my favorite sushi restaurant, instead of getting two Robert rolls and two crispy rice with spicy tuna and one popcorn shrimp roll, I just get one Robert roll and one spicy tuna with pop, with, or spicy tuna with crispy rice. So, you know, right then and there, that little decision cut my order down by 60%. And I started doing that with everything. And even if I'm eating and I don't finish everything, I used to like hate leftovers. Now I just put the food away and I put it, you know, I I eat it the next day. So, you know, just in a couple weeks of not overeating, I have way more energy. I'm losing weight. I feel more motivated to exercise. And that was a conscious decision that I made. And it was so easy easy to abandon like an, an habit that had literally been engraved in me my whole life, you know? So this is a habit that I have been, you know, really living with. So let's just say like age 10 to right now. So 25 years of just constantly eating more food than I needed and feeling like lethargic and tired after I ate. So what does that mean to you? And what does it mean to me? It really showed me that I have a lot more power within inside myself and within my mind to get rid of bad habits and replace them with good habits and you know because when you really think about it it's like to me mindset is the, it's going to be the determining factor to whether you are you succeed in life success being successful it's not about making money or rising in the corporate ranks success is a 100% connected to what are your values and what are your goals. So if goals for you are to have a great relationship with your family and raise a, you know, and raise children, then you got to take the right actions to achieve those goals. If your goals are to be really a successful entrepreneur, then you would make sure that your actions would line up with these goals. So just having this like unintended consequence of changing how I dressed to wearing all white made me realize how quickly I could change what seemed like a habit that I could never get rid of. So then I changed my portion control and it was just like a really like sobering moment. It felt so nice. It was like, oh rad, like I don't need to overeat anymore and not overeating. You know, like I said before, it's like, I feel great losing weight and also saving money, which is great. So, so many positives. And, you know, what I would just, you know, my instinct and my gut advice to you is, you know, what are the things in your life that you might know deep down are not adding to your success? They're counterproductive to your goals. And can you... and analyze those habits or those routines or that mindset and then make a conscious decision to change them. And I think that's really important. And I'm going to continue to do it and continue to learn and evaluate how I live my life because I have an idea of what my life, what I want my life to be, but I have to be honest with myself in the fact that my actions need to reflect the life that I want to live. And, you know, this is a really easy example, but if you have, and this is basic, but if you want to get to work on time, your actions need to support the goal of being on time to work, which is you should go to bed at a good hour. You should get up on time. You should time yourself on how long it takes you to get to get ready. And then you'll be, you'll get to work on time but you can't have the goal of getting to work on time if you're staying up all night watching Netflix and then you're dead tired in the morning and you miss work or you're late and you could use that exact you could use that example on anything in life you know so it was a huge learning for me you know it was like an unlock it was kind of like whoa it made me f- realize like what other things can i fix and there's other things that i am going to fix in my life that I do want to do better at you know I know I'm I think work wise I'm really good at setting goals and achieving those goals and I want to take that same dedication and mindset to my personal life building better relationships with my friends building better relationships with my family and eventually taking the necessary steps to meet a woman to have a relationship with and then have children I'm 35 years old and I'm single and that's fine and I don't feel like I'm in a rush, but I also want to make sure that my actions are supporting what I want the outcome to be, what my goals are. So who would have thought? I mean, you know, you kind of like wake up one day and you're like, oh, I'm going to change the, you know, I'm going to change how I dress, which is going to challenge people's perception of you. But most importantly, it, allows you to challenge your perception of yourself and realize that we are in control of our own outcomes and our own destinies. And it starts with all of your intentions and all of your actions. So that was really powerful and it's something that I was very excited to share with you I think it's something that every one of us can try to put into practice. I'm going to continue to put it into practice. And as I put it into practice and I have more success, I'm going to share it with you. And I'm also going to share when it doesn't work. I'm not perfect. I never will be perfect. I struggle. I have good days. I have bad days. Some days I feel like I'm unstoppable. And other days I feel really small and inadequate and I'm trying to kind of figure out, you know, what I should be doing every day. And, you know, it's a part of being human, you know, like confidence and knowing everything at every moment. I don't believe that. Someone else could be that way. And I can't really speak on if how other people are, but I know that I have self-doubt and if I have self-doubt, I think it's actually a really powerful thing if you know how to use it as a motivation and you know how to recognize it as self-doubt and not the fact or something that is guaranteed that needs to be. Because again, this is something that I've been learning in my meditation practice and just learning more about being a human is that we are not our thoughts, we're not what Pops up in our head. Literally, hundreds of thousands of things go through your mind on a daily basis or every couple days, and it's up. You have the power to decide which ones you hang on to. Like, imagine if when you hang on to that negative thought or that weird interaction you might have with a friend or your girlfriend or a boyfriend or your coworker, your boss, you might ruminate on that interaction for you know a couple days. Maybe a couple weeks. Maybe you're holding on to something that happened to you in middle school. Yeah, it's pretty fucking crazy. But imagine this. Imagine if you hung on to that positivity. If you found a, a positive moment in your life where you really achieved something. Or, or better yet, when you were really generous to somebody. When you went out of your way to help a friend or help a stranger. Or just, you went that extra mile to really show someone else you cared. And you didn't have anything. You didn't want anything in return. And, you know, you hung on to that, like ruminate about positivity. But instead, like our brains, they want to latch on to these negative things. And you got to be able to recognize that and then cut that shit off and then boom, throw it away. So, yeah, that's the uh, that's that's what's going on in the Kellen Roland world. Kellen Roland show episode seven. I really enjoyed recording this. I'm looking forward to hearing feedback. Hit me up. Let me know what you think. If there's a topic you want to hear about, I'm happy to cover it. I really want to get some coffee recommendations. Right now, Black Oak is on the top. I'm looking forward to this port of Mocha, and I'm really excited for the Los Angeles Lakers. It has been so long since we've had any type of anything to be excited about as Lakers fans. So that's just awesome in itself. Other than that, oh, you know, I also, I've been running a lot. You know, I think that has a lot to do with how you feel in your mindset. So not running in particular, but just exercising. So whatever you're doing, get out and exercise, whatever that is for you. The, it, it will pay off. Absolutely. I think that's it. Oh, one more thing that I was, uh, I just want to throw out there. I, I'm thinking about maybe adding a different title to the show. Something in Coffee. I, I don't know though. You know, I'm gonna let that I'm gonna let that simmer. Shout out to Chris Saavedra. You know, just I wanna give a shout out to Pat Ridge, who's been motivating me. Savvy's been motivating me. Khan has been motivating me with the pod. My other close friends are motivating. My boy Johnny Gray has been motivating me from high school, giving me props. Josh, who just had an incredible art show, if you haven't seen it, check my Instagram. He's doing crazy things, but he's been a cheerleader for the pod. It's cool, you know. It's like it's dope when people that you respect are saying like, "Hey, keep doing what you're doing." And it's not about you know you don't express yourself in any way to get like fame or or maybe you do. But for me, just to hear people that I really respect and I trust, it means a lot. So thank you, keep it coming. After this, I'm gonna edit this really quick. I feel really good about it. I think it'll be pretty much one take. I might have to like edit out some burps or something. Other than that, I still got half a cup of coffee. So I'm hyped on that. I had some lunch and then in a little bit, I'm gonna fly to Vegas for a week of trade shows and then i'll be back but i'm going to publish this in a little bit thank you so much the kellen Rowland show episode seven always got to say it i really appreciate you taking your time to listen to this and being with me on this journey all right that's it thank you very much have an incredible day and if you have not had your coffee go get a coffee I hope you're meditating, I hope you're exercising. That's it, goodbye.